Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to another episode of No Script, No Problem on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe No Script, No Problem is the show that takes you behind the curtain of nonfiction entertainment like never before? I'm your host, Steve Berkowitz. I've been interviewing fascinating people from all walks of life for the past 20 years as an unscripted television producer, and before that, as a small-town sports reporter. Each episode, I talk to talented people from the worlds of documentaries, reality television, true crime, game shows, and much more. Now, if you enjoy No Script, No Problem, please subscribe and rate the show with five stars. It's available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and TuneIn. You can also find it on Bleave.com and at Bleave Podcast. And you can follow me on Twitter and Clubhouse at Steve Berkowitz and on Instagram at Steve M. Berkowitz. If you're interested in advertising on the show, please contact Bleave at Bleave.com. I'm very excited about this episode because we're talking about the four-time Emmy-winning ABC business series Shark Tank here. It's a show that I respect a lot. It's a show that I like a lot. And I'm lucky enough to be joined by two fantastic producers from Shark Tank, supervising casting producer Mindy Zemrak. I hope I got that right. And supervising producer Sammy Aziz, who I've known for a, a long time. Sammy and Mindy, thank you for being here on No Script, No Problem. Thanks for Happy having me. Happy to be here. Yeah. Right. Correct me if I'm wrong. We are headed towards season 13. Is that right? That's right. I actually have already begun on season 13. We started casting almost five months ago. So I'm in the thick of it. That's so incredible. I literally remember seeing season one and going, what is this show? <laughs> you know, and like, and then like bringing, seeing Mark Cuban come on and going, oh, now I get this show. And then seeing it kind of reinvigorate the entrepreneurial spirit within the country and becoming a phenomenon. Mindy, you're out there on the road as the, you know, supervising casting producer, really getting a feel for how excited entrepreneurs are. Tell me what it's like to be the first person hearing some of these pitches. What's that like? Yeah, it's a, it's a wild ride. I'll say that I've been fortunate. I've I've been part of the show since season one. Um, So it's crazy to see how the show began and how we've kind of arced and where it's come from to kind of touch on your whole note about entrepreneurial spirit in, in our country and everything. I think, and Sammy, you may agree with this because you've obviously been on the show a long time as well is I think way back when the show started, there was a stigma about entrepreneurship and being your own boss. And it wasn't necessarily as accepted as it is now. It's a little more mainstream to kind of quit your job or start something else on the side. Um, So it's really cool that now it's very acceptable or accepted, I should say, and people, you know, encourage it. Yeah, when we used to do open calls uh, pre-COVID, right now everything is uh, digital and online, but the energy is like nothing you've ever seen. I mean, obviously people have seen images of open calls of, you know, people going for The Voice or for American Idol or anything like that. But when you're at, you know, Javits Center in New York City with 800 people lined up eight to eight blocks down the street in the middle of Manhattan, uh, and then you get them in a room, they are excited, they are pumped, they're nervous. But from a casting perspective, we try to calm their nerves a little bit because we always joke, none of us have money to invest in them at that point. So they can really kind of relax. It's more about having a good time and having a conversation to get to know 
them and their story in a short amount of time. And they can practice if they move forward in the process, which they'll polish up their pitches and everything. But the first step with us is just be yourself, have a lot of energy. And they're just so giddy and excited. It, I miss that so much. I'm hoping we'll be able to do open calls, you know, at some point down the road, but it is like nothing I've ever experienced on any show I've ever been a part of. It's really special. On the stage, you know, when we actually see the, the polished pitch on the stage in front of the sharks, they've got, you know, we see about seven minutes, eight minutes, whatnot. When they actually are at the open calls or when they're pitching to you, how, how long do you give an entrepreneur, Mindy? So at an open call, uh, typically they get, we always tell them you get 60 seconds to pitch your business or idea. We're not timing them, um, but a lot of them do have, have been practicing. So by the time they get to us at an open call, they have their pitch ready to go and they talk to us like they're in the tank. So they'll be like, Hey sharks, I'm, you know, Mindy and I'm pitching you Mindy's cupcakes today and I'm looking for X amount of money. So that said, there is still a long way to go, um, but they've all done their homework, especially 13 seasons in. They they want to come in very professional. Very rarely does someone come in and they're like, hey, I just heard about this and they're not prepared. So it's really cool because they they take this very seriously. Now, Sammy, like on the other side, you're out on the road and you're in the houses, in the offices of these entrepreneurs. You're literally seeing where they're you know, digging in, making these products or coming up with these ideas. What's that like to actually get to know these people and kind of really being able to tell their stories in a much different way? It's interesting. When I started on Shark Tank, our stories were really a, a little bit smaller and more focused. Uh, I was brought on to do home packages. And over the years, it's kind of expanded to... Uh, follow-up packages, updates, success stories, profiles on our sharks. So it's across the board. And I like to tell people, everybody I visit is different. You know, it could be a food product. It could be an app. It could be uh, something for automotive. It could be anything. But the one common theme I see in all these people is that spirit of entrepreneurship, that unrelenting spirit of, I will succeed. I can do this. And that's the one singular underlying theme that... <laughs> <laughs> kind of is the same. It shows the grit. I don't think there's anything more American than Shark Tank. And that's something that I enjoy doing while we're on the road is it doesn't matter what we're doing. The questions are kind of similar. It's always, why do you believe in this? Why do you want to pursue this? Uh, why did you start this business? How have you achieved the success? And, and what comes out of these entrepreneurs' mouths is always the same. They're always just they believe in their product, they believe in their mission, and 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 they're proud of it. Um, it's been a very cool experience to tell these stories. Let me ask you both this, because when you look at the way business and technology have changed since 2009, when the show started, have you both seen changes in the attitudes of the entrepreneurs and in the way they're doing things? You know, I mean, I look at, you know, there were so many IPOs, right? Even in 2020 with the pandemic, you know, you see people becoming billionaires, right? What have you seen has been the change in the way these entrepreneurs are developing their products coming forward? What's been the biggest change that you've seen over the years, Mindy? Oh gosh. I just think they're more savvy these days. Um, it's, 
they're very on it. They're more prepared. They are, I think, more organized. Um, and the, the, the hunger never, like to touch upon what Sammy said, the hunger has never gone away. The hunger and the drive and the determination has been first and foremost at the front of every single entrepreneur I've ever met. And I've met tens of thousands at this point. I get this feeling that people feel like right now, you know, you look at GameStop, right, is, is to me is the perfect example. There are people who feel like they can gamble on the stock market, they can gamble, and anybody can be a millionaire or billionaire. Have you seen over the course of now heading into season 13, right, that there's more of a confidence or there's more of like a, I can do this attitude? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, to kind of touch upon, you know, when we started this in 2009, like you said, the show was very different. The vibe in our country was very different. Um, and again, I think it's become more acceptable. So, Absolutely. Now that we're more than a decade into this, people are coming in. And even if it, even if they don't get on the show, they're still super uber confident that someone will relate to their product or on the other side of that, their story, and then hopefully their product at the same time. So I definitely think people are more comfortable and ready to step forward. And maybe some people will say, some people could say, oh, you have a crazy idea that's never going to go anywhere. Well, that you could say that to every single entrepreneur that's out there that's created something and it's gone somewhere. So I definitely think our entrepreneurs, whether they get on the show or not, just in our country are more comfortable and more driven than ever, therefore more confident and ready to tackle anyone and anything and any obstacle or challenge that comes their way. After this year, um, I mean, people have had to figure out, some people have lost their jobs. People have had to figure out creative ways to support their families. And I think that entrepreneurship is a way that you can dig yourself out of that hole. If you have a great idea, if you have something inspiring, you can bring, I mean, Shark Tank for a lot of people is hope. You know, they want to come on the show and they want to, they want to succeed. They want this to be their breakout. And just to kind of touch upon what Sammy said in terms of the pandemic, when the pandemic hit, and obviously we were in the midst of casting in one day, I had five open calls cancel on me. And I was like, oh, oh boy, what's happening? And I was worried that, you know, we weren't going to be able to cast the show. I didn't know what was going to happen much like no one else knew. I didn't even know if we would have a job or if we would film. And it was very interesting to see some industries obviously shut down and be extremely impacted while others just completely skyrocketed. So now that we're, I don't want to say coming out of COVID, but now that we're on the on the other side of it or getting to the other side of it it's really interesting to see once again which industries this season are going up being affected or not and it i think it's going to re obviously reflect in our show when when season 13 airs but it's pretty wild to to be on kind of like the outside looking in at the different industries and everything and it's 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 crazy i mean there's never a dull moment in the tank and there's never a dull moment i think in american entrepreneurship uh, I don't know if you know, but Mindy and I are probably the two departments on the show that had to go fully remote for, for this last season. And I don't think either of us thought that we could do our jobs effectively that way. And I think we both did it pretty darn well. And we were both surprised and shocked by, by the results, the willingness of these entrepreneurs to, to make it happen and make it happen for us. Yeah, for sure. It, we owe a big thank you to the entrepreneurs for season 12 because they had to quarantine for a long time. We were all in a bubble. Sammy and I were in a bubble for together, which was crazy. So, but everyone had to come together and yeah, virtual high five, Sammy. Yeah. <laughs> what is that first thing that you're looking for 
when you hear a pitch because it's 60 seconds ish. So they've already, you know, of that 60 seconds, you're hearing the concept, what they're looking for. So you're, you've got to cut through all that. What's the, what's the one thing that will automatically or at least get the person to that next level? That's a great question. We get asked this quite often, more often than not. And I wouldn't say, I can't say there's one thing. I can say there's like a top three. So the top three things would be energy and passion, because we already talked about this. Um, If you're not excited and passionate about what it is you're pitching to us, no one is going to get behind you. Like you have to eventually pitch potentially to five sharks and then ultimately five to 7 million viewers that watch the show. Now, Hopefully they're excited about what they're pitching because if they are not excited about what it is they've created and they're, they're not going to sell it. So energy and passion goes a very long way. And I'm sure Steve, you've heard that from any casting producer or producer that's out there because that, that is a very big thing in our industry. The second thing is really being able to specify what makes them different and unique from any other competitors on the market. So if I am pitching a rock, to my team. I need to know what makes that rock different. And even if it's a new twist on something that's already been done, that could be the one thing that sets them apart from anyone else. And then the third thing would be um, their numbers. Now, a a lot of people that watch the show or come in our casting process say, well, I don't have the numbers and, and Mr. Wonderful always wants numbers. And that's not true. You know, the great thing about our show is whether you have a prototype or multi-millions in sales, we take everything in between and across the board. A great example would be uh, the Comfy. Those guys came into the tank a couple seasons ago. They actually only had four prototypes on set during their pitch and we have five sharks. So they didn't even have enough prototypes to go around for each shark. They did a deal with Barbara And I think Sammy can tell you the numbers. They've done hundreds of millions of dollars in sales off of four prototypes. And it was just because Barbara believed in them. And obviously, I think they just went viral on TikTok because of uh, COVID and everyone was staying home. Um, So that just tells you that even if you don't have sales, you could still make it and you could become, I I hate to use the word overnight sensation because there's a lot of work that goes into it from the entrepreneur, but you can get there. And the grit, that's the great thing about our show is you can be anywhere in that lineup. The company has done almost $300 million in sales so far. They just came on the show, I think three years ago with the prototypes, like Mindy said, it's incredible. Was that a company that you expected to do that well, or is that one that you're both shocked did that well? I'm I'm always shocked. (laughs) I mean, like, I, I, with the success of a, of a, of like the Snuggie before that, I think obviously everyone was like, oh, that's really cool. But I never expected to be almost 300 million. Sammy, did you? So, yeah, we've seen the Slanket, we've seen the Snuggie. Like, how many times can you bake a better mousetrap out of a blanket? And these guys did it. You know, they, they came on and they created something a little bit different, more comfortable, slightly different use. And look at what they did with it. Um, we get a question all the time, like they think that we cast, and, and this probably harps more to Mindy, but they think that we cast like American Idol where some are destined to fail and some are destined to, to succeed. And I like to tell people that everybody has a fair shot when they come in the tank. I mean, everybody we think has a shot with the sharks and they have a business and a business plan. We're not throwing anyone in there, expecting them to get laughed out of the room. It's, it's true, it's real. Uh, I think we do a good job of it. Mindy does a great job of casting that way. 
what the sharks do after that is is what happens naturally organically in the tank but everybody has a shot so when these guys come in with four prototypes i mean it's a long shot but they had a shot and obviously uh they proved their concept and and they're one of our greatest success stories now i mean you can also talk about you know wait from way back when was i want to draw a cat for you or potato parcel i never thought like just personally speaking i was like there's a man who draws cat stick figures for a living and mark cuban invested in that and then when we had guys shipping whole potatoes in the mail to people i thought okay this is funny it'll be entertaining but i didn't expect mr wonderful to bite any <laughs> and he did so you just never know what the shot and like sammy said we don't put people in everyone has a fair shot everyone has a chance and even if they get a deal i'm sorry even if they don't get a deal Typically the shark tank effect is it resonates with, with people in our, in our viewers and their sales go pretty crazy. But I mean, it, it's, it's so fun to watch. It really is. On the flip side of that, there are companies that we think, oh my gosh, five sharks are going to invest in this. This is a great company. It's going to be great. And then they walk in there and just get destroyed, <laughs> like in, in a productive, constructively constructive criticism kind of way, but the sharks just don't bite. They don't want it. Mark thinks it's a snake oil or something, and then it's done. So you never know. It, it goes both ways. The pendulum swings both ways. What has, has there been a company? I mean, again, you've both been on this for so long. Has there been a company that's been like the biggest surprise that, that came on the show? You thought never in a million years they would get a deal, but they got a deal and has now been a monster success. There are a few of them. I'm actually pulling up my little list here so I can look and, and, and speak better. But the Comfy is obviously one of those. Uh, we had another one, Simply Fit Board. It's uh, this plastic, blow-molded plastic board that a mom and her daughter invented in Utah. And you just stand on it and kind of twist. <laughs> and it's, it, it helps sculpt your abs. Um, you Everybody know, needs sculpted abs. I don't know what you're talking about. I could probably <laughs> use that, you know? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that's been one of our, our greatest success stories. Another one is Scrub Daddy. It's a little sponge with a smiley face. And this is a really, uh, this was Aaron. Um, he invented this. It's just, he used to work for 3M and then he developed this, this material that gets soft under hot water and hard under cold water. So it's good for scouring and it's got that smiley face. I think everybody has seen it at this point. It's become ubiquitous and it's, it's done also done three, $400 million in sales by this point. It's, it's crazy. Another one is drop stop. I mean, it's a seat gap filler uh, that, that blocks the gap in your car seat between the car seat and the console where the French fries go and the cell phone drops and the credit cards fall in. And it's just like a, a piece of material that you put in there and it prevents that from happening. And, and their whole stance was it prevents distracted driving. So it wasn't just a gimmick or a novelty they found that it helps uh, create safety in, in automotive. And now we have people like the LAPD using it squad wide. Like it's, it's, it's crazy. The success we see in the breakout hits that we notice on the show. Sammy didn't um, hug sleep in their first like 24 hours hit like a couple million this year. 15, 15 million. I think they've done so far. I mean, it's, it's a lot. Yeah. It's bonkers. Sammy came prepared. He knows. <laughs> Mindy, have you started to think like the Sharks when you hear these initial pitches, like in the back of your mind, or you're like, would Damon like this? Would Mr. Wonderful like this? Or are you still you thinking about the show and what would make good television? I, I like to think that I still think 
in my in, in the Mindy mindset, if you will, in a casting uh, for Shark Tank mindset. I don't ever want to try and think like a shark. I do have moments of, oh, Barbara might like something like this because she's really she's obviously an amazing marketer and she's very well known in the food space and does really well with food companies or stuff like that. Or oh, this would be great on QVC, but I don't really. I don't think I could ever think like a shark because I don't have a business <laughs> background like them. And I will say, and Sammy probably can speak to this as well, even 12, 13 seasons in, I'm still surprised every season by the sharks and just what they know and what industries they know and what they have in their portfolio. Because I think we just found out a couple of years ago that like Damon manages Grumpy Cat. And I was like, I did not see that coming. So you know, I, when I'm casting, I try to think of it as, have we seen this before? Is there something unique here? And also, what is the story of the entrepreneur? Because anyone that watches the show, it's not just about, oh, these are the coolest products and innovative companies and whatnot. It also is very much about American entrepreneurs and their journey and their backstory. And we like to celebrate that. So a lot of times it's, okay, well, this could be the coolest thing since sliced bread, but oh my gosh, they've depleted their 401k. They've moved home. They've sold their homes. Like, and that's actually what the comfy guys did. Um, they actually <laughs> sold their homes and moved in, I think with one of their parents and, and their families and everything. So I try to stay on that mind mindset because if I tried to think like a shark, I think it would be a detriment to more entrepreneurs. I'm curious, what is the best pitch you've heard in your years and what's the worst pitch you've heard Mindy? <laughs> oh God. I've heard so many at this point. Um, I don't know that I could pinpoint the best or the worst. I will just say that at open calls, you never know what's going to show up. So we've had people show up with animals. We've had people show up with toilets. We've had people show up in costume. I, I will say the strangest pitch was probably when I was pitched at an open call and they asked me to lie in a coffin. <laughs> so that was probably the most bizarre thing that I've ever witnessed and been a part of uh, in, in 12 years so or 13 years thus far. <laughs> And did you do it? I think that's the. That's well, I the did. I got it, and I have photos of it. I have photos of me pretending to lie there with my eyes closed, like I'm dead. I have photos of me with a thumbs up with the entrepreneur. Um, so I did it. It was not comfortable. I don't know. Not that everyone's lying in a coffin these days, uh, but it was. It was a weird experience, that's for sure. And then Sammy, do how often? Do you actually have people when you tell people, yeah, you know, cause you're on the road all the time, you know, pre COVID. Yeah. You're do, when you say, oh yeah. You know, like I work on shark tank, how often are people like, oh, well I got an idea. <laughs> like, you're hit with pitches. It's been a wild ride the last nine years. When I started on season four, my first shoot was Omaha, Nebraska. And I remember being there at baggage claim and someone saw all the gear coming off. They're like, are you in a band? I said, no, I work on Shark Tank. And they looked at me and they said, there aren't any sharks in Nebraska, are there? <laughs> and it, it was like Shark Week, sharks, uh, the animal. No one realized it was a business show. Now, like I said, it's ubiquitous with, it's part of the fabric uh, and everybody knows Shark Tank. I can't wear Shark Tank apparel when I travel. I can't drop my business card. One time I dropped it in, uh, in New York City. 
actually I gave it to a friend and she dropped it uh, on the Lower East Side. And the next day I had a, a three page pitch in my email, uh, just, hey, this is so serendipitous. I found your card and I have this idea. And I send it to Mindy and then Mindy obviously looks at it and she decides if it's gonna be good or, or not gonna be good for the show. And a lot of times it's people think they have you know, the greatest idea since sliced bread and it's not really that, but um, I like to give everyone a fair shot. And Mindy does a really good job also of, of reading through everything <laughs> and no, nothing hits the cutting room floor before she gets a chance to look at it. So it, it, it has been an evolution and we've noticed a big shift. I mean, people know Shark Tank, people care about it. You can't go into a store now without seeing 20 products. It's, it's, it's really incredible. It is funny to, to kind of go along what Sammy said is, is we all have like our Shark Tank swag sweatshirts and everything. So like during COVID, I just walk my dog around the block and like, we'll, I'll talk, you know, from a safe distance to other people that are walking their dogs and they'll be like, they'll look at my sweatshirt and they'll be like, Oh, like, are you a, are you that big of a Shark Tank fan that you would buy a sweatshirt? And I always laugh and I'm like, no, I work on the show. And then the second you say that, it's like the floodgates open and they're like, oh, it's either I know someone who was on the show or, oh, I know someone who has a great idea. And then I'm like, okay. So like Sammy said, you, it's like a target now. Like at the second they see Shark Tank, they're like instantly like blowing up the DMs, find me on LinkedIn. Like the stalker status has definitely gone up. <laughs> Oh my gosh, LinkedIn all the, every day. It's um, I found you on 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 LinkedIn. I, I have this great idea, and it's pitch after pitch after pitch. They I, I think people find anybody who has Shark Tank listed and sees it as an opportunity. You know, when I travel, I put gaff tape over my Shark Tank logo just because I want to avoid <laughs> those interactions. Uh, I have a confession to make. The only reason I asked you on the podcast is because I have an amazing idea. <laughs> I'm just, kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just completely well, kidding. Mindy will give you a website yeah. and you can uh, submit it to that address. <laughs> you, I, I would think even you have family members, specifically Mindy, I would guess you have family members like you're at Thanksgiving and you're like, they're like, so I've been meaning to talk to you. Has that, has that happened? Not yet, but it's a lot of how are the sharks? I saw this company. What's it really like? Should I buy it? Should I not? What's Mark Cuban like? Is Barbara really nice? Like it's, it's nonstop, but luckily no one in my immediate family has pitched me. And if anyone's listening, please don't pitch me. <laughs> and we're not allowed to accept those pitches. Mindy has a good rule. I think her rule is if they would come to your wedding, that's too close. Yeah, that is, that is, that's my like personal, <laughs> my personal <laughs> Like if I were like, yeah, basically the, the kind of my personal rule of thumb is if you, if I would invite you to my wedding, then you're probably too close to me to get on the show at this time. Okay. That, that, that's a good rule of thumb. I like that. Okay. Let's talk about the sharks. Obviously the show has really um, embraced the entrepreneurial spirit of America and the American dream. But I mean, I think anybody who watches it loves the interaction and the competitiveness of the sharks. And it would not be the success that it is without the amazing kind of the, the personalities just meshed and also clashed between them. What you see in the tank is real. They're passionate about their investments. They're passionate about what they believe in. Uh, they all have different strategies. You know, Mark and Kevin, it's just numbers, 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 numbers. Barbara is pure intuition. Lori is when she sees something that she knows will resonate, uh, usually a product or, or something that you would see on QVC. She's excellent at that. Robert 
is is a nice guy. He just <laughs> he's like your best friend in the tank. And Damon, he's got all his. I mean, he he understands so much. Like Mindy said earlier, he he understands about not only fashion but so many other facets. So you never know what you're gonna get. But money is a central theme, and that's real. But then as soon as the cameras are off, as soon as the deals are done, they're just regular people. They're they're super nice. They're down to earth. Um, they're real. I really kind of got to get closer to them this past season for season 12, because when we were in the bubble during COVID, um, no one was allowed in besides, like we were a, almost a skeleton crew, really. Like we had to kind of pare down the amount of people that we had on set for obvious reasons. And I was asked to capture all the social media for ABC this past season. So I had like uninterrupted access to all of the sharks, all the guest sharks in between pitches. And typically in a non-COVID season, the sharks are doing interviews and news outlet stuff and press and, or we have, we used to have like, you know, people come and visit the set, you know, and they would take pictures with people. And so this last, this last season, it was, they would have to go back to their designated area, but they love to, and this sounds, may sound weird. They love to dance. They love to listen to music really loud. They'll have like little dance parties backstage. Um, they all love to have their snacks. Um, and like Sammy said, like, you know, they like, they just vibe. They all hang out outside of the show. They'll have dinners together. Sometimes they end up meeting up in the same cities and everything. And I remember when I first met them, I was a little, starstruck I was like whoa the sharks they're millionaires and billionaires and whoa and now like now that I have a relationship with them it's like they're just real people and they're very very nice and genuine but they are I mean there's never a dull moment I mean Barbara likes to play pranks on Kevin all the time um and Damon is very mischievous as well um Cuban's very chill uh, Lori's very sweet. Robert has a very big heart. Um, but like you said, when Kevin gets talking to money, it's, it, it's no BS. It's just, he's very on it. And I remember one time I tried talking to him about a company and he, he was just talking in the thing. Everything he said was going over my head. I was like, okay, I'm lost now, but they're all very smart, but off camera, they're just very chill, a lot of fun. And it's just, I have so much backstage footage from this past season. It's kind of crazy, but it, it was really fun to see, um, you know, all of their friendships and relationships. And whatever happens in the tank, however, however fierce it gets, when you think, oh my gosh, they're screaming at each other. Five minutes later, it's over. Like they, they leave it on the floor. They leave it in the tank. It's, it's done and they're friends again. It's incredible to watch. I wish, I wish things could roll off my back as easily as they let these these deals and these arguments roll off theirs it's it's really beautiful to watch maybe maybe you should start doing that sammy <laughs> yeah i think it would help me no glasses of, of, of wine being thrown I, I was hoping for a little bit more dirt but well okay we did actually one time one time mark cuban did throw a glass of water on richard branson's face and that was real actually sammy i think it was the other way around branson threw the water at cuban you're right. I yeah. was wrong. So, during a pitch when we had Richard Branson on as a guest shark, he was very mischievous and he was kind of just having fun with the whole, the whole thing. And Cuban was really serious about at one moment during this pitch. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden he just tosses this glass of water onto Mark and it hit him smack in the face. And you can just see Mark's face. He was shocked. And also I'm sure pretty, pretty pissed off in that moment. 
uh, which was which was amazing to see because I mean no one has ever done that in the tank. And the only other time I would say someone really got angry wasn't even a shark at another shark. It was a shark at an entrepreneur when an entrepreneur basically said, "I'll do a deal with anyone in the tank, but you, Mr. Wonderful." And Kevin basically said. F you get the F out. And we had never seen that. And we didn't, because it's ABC, we were like, can we air this? And we did, but that was super disrespectful. And Kevin was really upset by that. And, and it's all like Sammy said, it's all real. All of it is real. All of it is, you know, absolutely authentic, but it's why it's so exciting to sit backstage and watch every single pitch. Cause you just have no idea what's actually going to happen. And one more, I don't remember what the pitch was, Mindy, maybe you do, but there was a time I think Robert walked off set. It was like Scully. Something. It was during Scully. And he, Robert got really, really mad because he thought they were investing for the wrong reasons. Um, and he just got up and walked off set. And didn't what was the, there. what was the pitch or what was the story? So Scully uh, is a fantastic entrepreneur and he, his little, his backstory was he had applied a lot of scholarships go completely unused. And there's a lot of money in scholarships that people don't realize because they just don't have the knowledge about what scholarships to apply for, for college. And this young entrepreneur came in and he had basically developed, I believe a platform or an app where you could apply for all these scholarships. He had attained, I think Sammy, if I'm right, he had gotten like a million dollars in scholarships himself. And so he was coming in to pitch this company so that other, um, other students out there could have more access to scholarships and funding for college. And I believe ultimately Damon and Lori wanted to go in and Robert and I think Kevin thought they, they were going in as like a charity uh, and they were doing it for the wrong reasons only because they felt bad. Um, and it was, it was a heated debate and he just got up and left set and didn't return for the rest of the pitch. And they ended up doing the deal with him. Um, thank gosh. Cause it was great. And he's done very well since. Um, but it was, it was heated that day. Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff to spice up your bedroom is even better. Of course, I'm talking about adamandeve.com select almost any one item for 50% off. And then Adam and Eve loads on the free stuff. Enter offer code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, at checkout and get 10 tantalizing free gifts. You'll get a sexy item for him, a special gift for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. You also get six free spicy movies. Plus, all the shipping is free. Just go to adamandeve.com and use offer code BLEAV at checkout. That's B-L-E-A-V. You mentioned Richard Branson. Yep. So you've had many guest sharks at this point. A lot of big names. Mm-hmm. Ashton Kutcher. You had Alex Rodriguez. Is there a favorite guest shark you've had? Tell me a little bit about your experience with the guest sharks. I'm lucky in the sense that I'm the one. Uh, a few seasons ago, we we started doing profiles on our sharks. So we started with our main sharks, telling teaching the audience. So in place of an update on the episode, we put in a profile, profile Mark Cuban, a profile on Barbara Corcoran. And this gave the opportunity uh, for the audience to learn where these people came from. I mean, we all think we know where they came from, but really seeing where they came from. Every time we got a guest shark, we decided we should tell a profile on them as well. Like who knows who Blake Mykoski is? You might not know the name right away, but you know, oh, the founder of Tom's Shoes. So telling that story of, of how it came to be from nothing to this huge buy one, give one company. 
um, Kendra Scott Jewelry, she was on this season. Obviously, there's names like Richard Branson and Alex Rodriguez that are kind of household names. We try not to target just celebrities. We want people who are known, but also people who are successful. And, and sometimes there's, there's some overlap there. As far as favorites, I would say one of my career highlights was absolutely interviewing Richard Branson. I had one hour to, to get his life story out, and we did it in Brooklyn at a hotel, and it was an incredible interview. I mean, that was super special. I have a lot of respect for Alex Rodriguez and where he came from, uh, his story, and transitioning from being an athlete to business. Uh, one of my favorites, though, is Ali Webb uh, from Drybar, the, the blowout dry uh, uh, hair. How would you describe it, Mindy? Oh my gosh. It's a blowout uh, hair studio, basically, where you where women can go in and get their hair blow dry. You've never gone to dry bar, Sammy? I've gone to dry bar before. I've filmed the dry bar before. Uh, but just she is so bubbly and so down to earth. And it was such a, an amazing experience with her and such a good interview. I had a lot of respect for her. And still, you didn't get a blowout while you were there? No, uh, my hair wasn't long enough. It was pre-pandemic. It's long <laughs> enough now. You should go when they reopen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, each of them has a great story to tell, and each of them is, is super special. I, I feel very fortunate every time I get to tell one of these stories. It's, it's, it reminds me that I really have a dream job. We can have a sidebar conversation about Alex Rodriguez. Yeah. Oh, I've got, cool. I've got a few stories on that one. Okay. I think what's remarkable about any of our unscripted series that now last over a decade, you know, uh, now you guys are headed into season 13 is you've got to keep things fresh. You've got to maintain an audience and you've got to find new viewers. What do you do on shark tank to kind of refresh things because it is, it's a format. So, but you've got to, you got to keep things fresh. What are you doing on shark tank to kind of make sure that people keep watching? So from a casting perspective, you know, I think a lot of it hinges on the types of companies we put on the show. We try to stay on trend or introduce the country to new types of businesses and products that maybe majority haven't seen. We obviously live in LA where we see a lot of stuff come on the market before the rest of the country. The us in New York, I would say, are kind of the two big markets where you really see a lot of things and maybe, you know, Mill America doesn't. And then we get to introduce them to it. So from our, our casting standpoint, we got to be on top of it. And that means, you know, especially this season, finding what's going off on TikTok, because a lot of companies are going viral on TikTok. People are, you know, it's just crazy to see what people are doing on TikTok and then see that what their sales, uh, especially with the whole social media influencer thing, like, that is where a lot of companies are just kind of exploding. So we are looking on social media. We're looking on, you know, uh, crowdfunding campaign types websites and just really scouring because that is where you find kind of the freshest, most up-to-date, trendy types of companies. But that also, you know, speaks to, we also include mom and pops who maybe, you know, are middle America and represent that. So again, it's across the board. Uh, but in terms of specifically keeping things fresh, it's a lot of seeking those types of companies. And, and now with obviously everything at your fingertips, social media is a great way to, to kind of access that and, and find it right off the bat. I would like to see a, a Mr. Wonderful TikTok. Um, I think he's made for TikTok. <laughs> no, I, 
oddly enough, uh, I believe that they want to get a TikTok for him started, but he is in Miami and his social media person, I think, is in Canada. And they just need to join forces together in person to start that TikTok content. But Barbara's TikTok content is on fire. She hosts something, I swear, every day. Her And she has the most followers, I think, on TikTok out of all the sharks. And she is just a joy to watch on TikTok. It's really great. And Steve, to talk about, uh, from my perspective, people ask that question a lot. How much longer do you think Shark Tank has? How much longer will it be on? And I like to answer, well, how much longer will the United States remain a capitalistic society. I mean, is entrepreneurship dead? It's, it's different than other formats. You know, people keep innovating here. They keep coming up with ideas. And I think as long as people have great ideas and great products to pitch and new, new businesses, the show will go on. And how do we mix it up and keep it entertaining? Uh, some people like the idea of guest sharks. Some people don't like the idea of guest sharks, but it keeps it fresh. It changes the, the dynamic, the chemistry among the sharks. Uh, it brings in new audiences. Like you mentioned, Alex Rodriguez, he's an athlete. So a lot of his fans migrated to Shark Tank to see, let's see what this guy looks like as a business guy. And it, it does bring in that demographic. Um, having a panel of diverse sharks helps us with a broader outreach with our audience. Uh, seeing people from all walks of life. You don't, you don't want to just see the same names. You want to shake it up every once in a while. And I think that that does help keep it fresh. So it's a combination of that. Great casting by Mindy. Uh, staying on top of trends and realizing that entrepreneurship isn't going anywhere. I think those are great points. Um, I really do think that this kind of new wave of entrepreneurship where, I mean, Alex Rodriguez is, is one point, but there's so many athletes, Michael Strahan, Kevin Durant, LeBron James. There's so many of these guys who are now investing in businesses. You know, they're opening SPACs and things like that. And yeah. To me, it's this new wave of entrepreneurship that I think Shark Tank you know, you, you, you do a good job of embracing these new waves. And I think as long as you continue to continue to do that, it'll be, it'll remain relevant. Oh, we also had Charles Barkley and uh, Maria Sharapova as athletes too. Just to, really? I know that you, you, you like the athletes who have turned sharks. Those are two more. You had Charles Barkley. Oh yeah. It was you fun. Wanna, him. <laughs> you want to hear a funny story about him, Steve? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm going to have to go back and watch that episode. So planning for these shark profiles, uh, it's usually a day of filming months of planning. And then we either go to their location, go to their office, go to their home and do the interview there. And then also get some supporting shots. And Charles is a busy man and he doesn't, uh, he doesn't have a big entourage. So you deal with Charles directly a lot of the times. And we ended up doing his interview on set uh, on his observation day because I always come in a day early to, to watch how the show works and see how the sharks uh, are on before they come on and, and participate themselves. And to support all those interview bites, uh, we need to get their life story out. So that's a combination of photos and footage and things like that. And Charles, we just didn't have a lot of content for him. Uh, a lot of sharks, they'll send us a physical photo album or they've got a, a Dropbox full of digital files that we can access. I didn't have anything for Charles. So I reached out to him and I was pretty persistent. And eventually he said he was visiting his mom. I think it was in Mississippi. It was, it was somewhere in the South. And he went to his mom's house and he literally pulled photos off the wall and put them in a, in a FedEx box. And I received the biggest box on earth at my office and I pulled out framed photos 
from his wall. <laughs> and we had to take them out of the glass and scan them and then put them back in and, and send them back. But it was, it was a very unique way to get the content. That's, uh, that's Charles, you know? Hey, you got it, right? He, as long as you get the job done. They called him the round mound of rebound. He, he made things happen on the court, and there, he made it happen for you. He gets it done. Exactly. So I, I usually end the show with what to watch, um, you know, some recommendations, things to watch. Um, obviously, people should watch Shark Tank. For me, all right, and actually, this is funny. This is a, a business documentary. I don't know if either one of you watched the WeWork oh doc. Yes. Okay. So, I yeah, on Hulu. So I watched the, the WeWork doc on Hulu, and, and Mindy, I look forward to hearing your thoughts on this. I Look, I mean, I thought it was just insane that anyone would listen to this guy and jump on board the crazy train that, and fall, you know, throw money at this guy that, that, you know, desks and rooms were the future of real estate. You know, he kept saying it was, it was a way of life and, you know, this was going to change the way we do business. It was renting space. That's it. The whole time, the whole, the whole documentary, I'm going, are you serious? Like, really? You guys all believe this guy that you're changing the world? You're renting space in buildings. That's it. So the two of you work in like the, you know, you cover entrepreneurship. Um, what did you think, Mindy? I was just as shocked as you were. I did not. I actually worked at a WeWork uh, for about two months on, on a show. And because we just needed some space. And when I watched the documentary, I was like, I can kind of understand where these workers were like, it felt a little cultish because they had these crazy rule. I had to sit through a, like an hour long presentation one day, even though I was, I wasn't even renting space. It was the production company. And they're like, no, you have to sit through all of this. And I was like, why? <laughs> it was so bizarre. And like you said, when I was, I was like, this man must've had he must've been a smooth talker because he got so many people on board, had an insane valuation and it was fascinating to watch. But it's, I think Steve, someone even in the documentary at one point <laughs> says exactly what you said, which is it's a real estate business. Basically we're just renting space. And that guy was like, but no, it's so much more than that. Like he, he knew what he was doing. He was a hell of a salesperson, but wow, was it fascinating. And it was with the whole IPO failing and everything. I just was, I, from a business standpoint, and now that I understand more about business because of working on Shark Tank, I just had the same thought as, as you. I was just like, whoa, how did this go? And how did it skyrocket so fast? But I mean, it was fascinating. That's for sure. I haven't seen it yet. But as far as a shared workspace, I mean, that's something that's like a term we didn't even talk about 10 years ago. Um, and I think it has to do with more people becoming their own boss and becoming entrepreneurs and needing a place to go. Like, where would you go before a friend's house, a coworker's house? Uh, you needed a place to go. And a lot of, I think, entrepreneurs who don't have who don't conform to the, the regular corporate structure want to still have that, you know, want to still be able to go to the little kitchen or, or talk to other people, share ideas, feel like they're, they're going somewhere from nine to five. So I don't know about the documentary or about the failings of, of, of WeWork or where it is, but as far as a place for people to get together, it is a good idea, right? It is just renting space, but look at that. That's something 
that we look at, it's like really just renting space out of buildings, but somebody had that idea and they made it cool. And then people wanted to go there and pay big money to be a part of it. I'm not saying that it was a bad idea in theory. And you should watch, especially because you're someone who's around entrepreneurs so much and you hear, you constantly are hearing ideas. You'll enjoy the documentary. Respect goes to Adam, the creator of WeWork. And, you know, but to me, what was disturbing was the cult-like following that he gained and the way he kind of hoodwinked people into throwing money into it. So, and, and honestly, I am curious what the two of you think, because is that a problem in business and tech right now? I mean, you both hear pitches and you're around entrepreneurs a lot. I had seen the inventor a couple of years back about Theranos, right? Which was, again, this other kind of scammy, culty type business proposition where you had all these rich people inventing in a product that was untested. And it struck me, I, I really compared the two as people just buying into something and you give credit to this leader who can get people galvanized around an idea, but it's not real. Like it's not legit. And I don't know, am I the cynic who won't buy into those? I don't know. You guys hear pitches all the time. What do you think? I'll say this and Mindy can speak more to this from a casting perspective, but to get on Shark Tank, it's, it's not easy. It's like, getting into an Ivy League school. I mean, we get tens of thousands of applications for a couple hundred spots max, and they go through a business analyst, they go through patent checks, they go through all of our standards and practices. So just to get on the show, they have to be legitimate. You know, it's not just gonna be, even if Mark thinks something is a snake oil, they've passed all of our <laughs> of our tests to get to that point, all the due diligence. Um, but going back to what I said earlier, this drive, this entrepreneurial spirit, people thinking like they cannot fail, they have the greatest idea. I think a lot of people do, to some degree, have their blinders on. They're very good at speaking. They're very good at corralling. They're very good at getting an audience and followers and investors. But they are, they might not have the best business idea. It might not be as real as they are making it seem. Uh, So we're used to this a lot, Steve, managing expectations. You don't promise the world and then under deliver. It's better to under deliver and then deliver the world, Uh, under promise and then deliver the world. So we do see a a lot of that uh, to some degree, people who just think that this is the greatest idea ever. And, and they get surrounded by those people. They, they, they can, they're very good salespeople. Um, We've seen that a few times. Yeah, just kind of going on that is now that we're, you know, 13 seasons in, as we said, not only has the show evolved, but our whole process has evolved. The first couple seasons of the show, we didn't have a business analyst. Um, And you saw kind of more, I would say, uh, unique, quirky type companies come in. But then as our show got more serious and we got more viewers and people were buying and everything, and then there was feedback. And now, unfortunately, there's scams that, you know, try to sell keto weight loss pills using our images. Like it's become pretty crazy on the casting side to make sure that people understand my team are legitimate versus the scammers out there. Um, So we have a lot, like I'm constantly emailed, is this, does this person work for you? Is this something that's been on the show? Um, And that because of that, and just because of the investments with the sharks, 
uh, we've had to do a lot more due diligence on our end. So like Sammy said, it's a lot, a lot of people have a misconception that once they get through my casting process with my team, then they're going to be on the show. And it's like, oh Lord, no, you have so much more work than you probably could imagine. And it's just because we have to make sure we have our ducks in a row so that if, and when it goes in front of the sharks, and then if it airs, we can make sure that for the most part, you know, as, as much as we can be tied up on everything and have all of our loose ends, you know, tied up, we can then pre present them essentially to the sharks and the country uh, feeling confident, but it, it is months long. Sometimes people are in this process for months and months and just, you know, waiting and doing work and everything. And because again, there's so much now at stake, not just for the entrepreneurs, but for the show itself. So we take everything very seriously and vet every company and entrepreneur quite thoroughly. Uh, I think most people are very surprised how much back um, work we do. I have, I have the fun role of researching, figuring out what companies are ready for, for updates and success stories. And we had one this season, same season in our remote landscape. Uh, and I reached out to this entrepreneur and I said, Hey, good news. You've done so well since Shark Tank, uh, that we want to do an update on your, on your company. Um, I'm Sammy and I'm the one who does all these stories. This is what I need next and all that. And the response was, how do I know this is real? How do I know you really work for Shark Tank? And I was taken aback. I mean, it's the first time that's ever happened, but I mean, they said that we've been reached out by tons of media and they don't know if I'm just trying to mine them for information, get sales numbers, get whatever. And I was sitting at home thinking in my living room, what can I show to prove that I work on Shark Tank? <laughs> so I ended up taking a photo of the Emmy and I just responded with that. And I got a very nice response to that email and, and, and we had an update on our hands and it, it worked out after that. But I was trying to think like we, it, it's, it is kind of the wild west still how we operate and how we we make the show happen sometimes especially during covid but it was one of my funnier moments uh proving who i am and 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 that i am really sammy from shark tank subtle flex i love it yeah i'm sure you had no problem taking a photo with your emmy <laughs> sammy mindy thank you so much for doing the show i really appreciate it thank, thank you, you Steve. That is going to do it for another episode of No Script, No Problem here on the Believe Podcast Network. For everybody listening, please remember to subscribe, download, and rate the show with five stars. It's available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Audible, and TuneIn. You can also find it at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast. Follow me on Twitter and Clubhouse at Steve Berkowitz and on Instagram at Steve M. Berkowitz. If you got any questions, email me no script no problem podcast at gmail.com. And if you're interested in advertising on the show, please contact Believe at Believe.com. Thanks for listening. Until next time, I'm Steve Berkowitz for No Script, No Problem. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.